Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a shit shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for 10 years. So here we are again, lads. An All-Ireland final. It's Mayo versus Dublin. It's the rivalry of the last decade. We're we're kind of into a new decade now. And maybe it's the kickoff of a new rivalry. Who knows with the way the two teams um, have changed. You know, like, I mean, again, I keep saying a rivalry, Jer, but you're going to say to me, it's not a rivalry when one team always wins. <laughs> I actually, uh, I wasn't even thinking that, Woody. Uh, <laughs> if, if I was still on the panel, I definitely would have said, yes, you're absolutely right. But uh, <laughs> I think at this stage, when one team is winning, and I know Connor, obviously, Quilter your mop man, um, <laughs> you're still hoping. But but um, like, they have been close games and entertaining games. And like I, I remember playing the 2012 All Ireland semi final where Mayo Hockey was out the gate in the, in the first half, and we almost almost caught him uh, in the second half. They just uh, kept dragging you down, didn't they? They just kept dragging us down. <laughs> yeah, terrible, terrible. They brought they brought cynical fouling into the game that Mayo team. <laughs> they, they certainly did. But you know, it was one of the first times for for me. I actually experienced Mayo's forwards being cynical and being narky, and Killian O'Connor throwing his elbows out here and there, um, which is fine, and, and he was doing what he had to do. But but it was the first time that I experienced them being. Um, Strategically uh, dirty, and, right? Uh, which which is uh, which is okay. Um, if you're overseeing the team, you're happy for your forwards to torment the backs coming out because God knows the backs do enough of it. Like you know, the, the 2013 final. You were centre back for that. That was um, yeah. you know the first win against Mayo in the final in in that decade. Yeah. And I remember watching that match from the press box, thinking, "How are you even ho- catching your breath?" I think that was the first game where those short kickouts came so so quickly that that game never went out. It felt like that game was never out of play. Yeah, it was kind of helter-skelter. Um, I, 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 I remember 
certainly Jim Gavin in, in, in kind of preparing for that game and, and uh, what would you call it reinforcing the importance of of, of, uh, of keeping the tempo up and, and not letting the pace drop and that over the course of the 70 odd minutes we, we, we will eventually grind it down um, I remember Keith Higgins starting uh, centre forward um, that first half up until the point that uh, they put him back on on, on Onogara and I was only delighted to see Keith Higgins going back to Onogara because he was running everywhere, causing me a bit of bother. And uh, but certainly, yeah, the pace of the game it was it was kind of non-stop up and down, and and um, with with a bit of cynicism from us, I, I guess in the last um, ten fifteen minutes we we kind of grinded it out and we acted as a goal to go bit as you do um, uh, to hold on to the lead and and. Um, it was, it was, uh, yeah. I remember being absolutely knackered, totally knackered after that particular game. And, 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 and you know yourself and played games, lads. Sometimes matches like that, um, people, you could be having a beer afterwards, or even a few days later. It's, it's nearly hard to remember some of the key points in the game because you know so much happens. Yeah, if you actually sit down and watch the game back analytically, or. Um, you you can actually recall some of the key moments in the match. Uh, un- unfortunately, Connor, for Mayo, that f- that kind of first final set the tone for how the other finals would go. Mayo excellent in the first half, but didn't make a count on the scoreboard. Dublin getting a goal, you know, to make to flatter them really at halftime. Then Mayo scored a goal on fifty minutes to draw level. You think they might push on? They didn't. Dublin score a goal four minutes later, you know, and Killian O'Connor has a free at the end. You know, a bit of a hard luck story saying that is it is there time left referee? He would have gone for a goal if there was. The ref tells him that there is time left. He taps it over and then the blow up blow up the blow up the, the game. Like I'm thinking of the 16, 17, 17 finals and there's similar kind of patterns to this. I think the only game, uh, Willie, that, that wasn't like that was the first game in the 2015 semi-final. I think uh, Dublin went seven points up in the second half and Mayo had a ridiculous comeback and they probably should have won that game in the end actually but it was it was one of the first ones it was one of the only ones in that sequence where Mayo were coming from be were, were coming from a long way behind because as you say I think you know you go back to the 2017 final Lee Keegan gets the goal about 60 minutes Andy got the goal in that game that you're on about 50 minutes even in that 2015 replay that I'm talking about Killian got a goal and Lee Keegan had a point a point chance I think to put Mayo five up yeah, into the goal his hand. And, and then and then Kevin McManaman got a goal and Mayo went or Dublin went on to win by seven, I think, in the end. So there's has been unfortunately that has been the pattern as in like that Mayo have the opportunity has been there for Mayo a lot of the time and they just haven't they just haven't grasped it. And I don't know, is it because like in the start at the start anyway, has probably been unfamiliar with that uh with that scenario for, for for being within touching distance of an All Ireland and just not being able to grab it, but I suppose the only one then that was completely different was last year when they when they completely blitzed us after half time. But if you tell me, uh, Willie, that may or in with a chance after 55, 60 minutes this weekend, well then I'll slap your hand up. Well, this is the thing. Even last year, even though they did get hammered in the second half in the end, they were they were winning at half time and it was following the same pattern as as yeah. usual. But like it's very difficult, even you know, to talk about the rivalry because the teams have changed so much. You look at those 16, 17 finals, like uh, Dear McConnelly. Bernard Brogan, Paul Flynn, Keno Sullivan, Philly McMahon, Michael Dara, Macaulay, they were all starting in that. And in 17, you had Jack McCaffrey, Paul Mannion, Killian O'Sullivan and Philly McMahon. They were starting. They've moved on. You know, for Mayo, uh, Boyle, Vaughan, uh, Andy Moore and Shamie O'Shea, Jer Caffrey, Jason Doherty, Keith Higgins, they've all moved on. So, like, I mean, we can't even judge last year's game because... You know, this year, Mayo have Tommy Conroy, they have uh, Oma McLaughlin, they have Ushi Mullen, Connor Loftus in midfield, Aidan O'Shea at full forward. Like, it's almost like we're starting a new rivalry all over again, Ger. 
Yeah, and and and, and those new players coming in, um, you know, they they they'll have very very little emotional attachment to what has gone on in the in the previous games uh, that you've been chatting about, and 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 for them, it's 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 again as a as a player, you do try to get into that mindset of. Uh, it's just not so much that's another game, but but um, you got to just take each match as it comes, and 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 that's the way you probably have to be to try to get the best best out of yourself and stick to the process and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, without boring people too much, but um, like there's there's I think there's only there's three lads who who started the All Ireland final for Dublin 2011 with Stephen Clucks and Mick Fitz and uh, and James McCarthy and and, and um, you know they're the only three guys that are going for. And Atar Islands, which is which is outrageous uh, in fairness to them. So all the other lads in there, some of them would have got game time. They would have come on. Yeah, there's a few more going for eight. Um, yeah. but they're the they're the three that started the eleven. Started, yeah, I think it's probably six or seven fellas probably going for the eight. Um, at this stage, you know. So so um, the uh, but uh, what I would say to you, um, Wally, is um, there would be an awful lot of. I suppose healthy hatred for for Mayo in the Dublin camp. Which <laughs> one of the, uh, why? Sport, why is that? Why is that? I tell you why that is right, and and nothing against Connor and um, Dublin, and, and the Mayo man. Um, when when I started with Dublin, uh, and Pillar Caffrey was the manager, and uh, lovely guy Pillar, I used to in my even late teens, early twenties, coming into the squad. I couldn't understand how there's so much media attention given to some of the Dublin players, uh, how much talking that was done uh, by the Dublin camp, and they hadn't won in All-Ireland yet. And I used to get annoyed and frustrated at the amount of um, exposure some of the lads got and how the Kerrys of this world, um, who were winning during that time, Tyrone, obviously winning then as well, they were very cute to own and and carry in in talking Dublin up, and Dublin at that time used to lap it up and used to enjoy the slaps in the back when they hadn't won anything, and the sense that would be there certainly when I was playing that. Unfortunately, a lot of the Mayo guys, while there is numerous um, uh, additions gone in there, um, a lot of the Mayo fellas seem to have similar personas um, uh, from the outside looking in. From, this is purely from a sporting context without getting personal um, in terms of uh, the character of lads. But but that would have been the sense um, that was in the Dublin camp when I was playing. And I would tell you, it's probably the sense that's there with certainly the six or seven fellas who are going for their eight All-Ireland. Or the other lads, you know, an, another six and seven on top of that who, who would have competed uh, against Mayo at, uh, at different times in the, in the latter finals as well of the last decade, you know. Right. Okay. So they're thinking, who are these whippersnappers, and why is all them? Why are why are they why are they being indulged, Connor? I suppose when they haven't actually won in all Ireland. Yeah. No. Listen. I I I, I can't argue with that in terms of like the fact that Mayo haven't actually haven't you know gone on and won the all Ireland. I would say that the more the percep- their perception of maybe some of the players involved is more to do with. Um, probably the fanaticism of Mayo supporters as opposed to like, you know, a lot of yeah. players maybe do put themselves into the position. You know, they're, they're, 
they would have a high high media profile, whatever, and they probably appear. Do, do, yeah, but do they though? Who would you say? Like, I mean, and I'll pull Jer up on this as well. Like, yeah, who yeah, are, yeah. Who, this is only who, object, uh, so, subjective. Who, who are these? Uh, who are these lads? Because you see, Aidan O'Shea often uh, gets kind of tired with that brush. What does Aidan O'Shea do? I couldn't get Aidan O'Shea on the podcast. Do you know what I mean? You know, he only does me- actual media days where he's probably getting a few quid like anyone else. Dublin players do that. Yeah. You know, where does this come from? I, I understand maybe in the noughties with Kier MacDonald and the Mort and the bl- blonde hair and the white boots and all that kind of thing. I don't. Maybe that's what you were thinking about, Jared. Was it rather than the current crop? Which players would you think of? Like, and there's nothing personal against them. No, which would no, you think? Not. Which would you think does too much media, or you know, has a profile they don't deserve? Or? It, it, it's it's um. See, it's not so much the, the, the profile that a guy doesn't deserve. It's 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 a a rightly or wrongly, um, and it probably does stem back to to Connor um, Mortimer and um, uh, with the blonde hair. And 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 I'll give you a very real example is when Mickey Whelan, who who uh, managed the Dublin and St Vincent's, and obviously with Pat Gilroy then as well. And we won in twenty eleven. Um, so Mickey was also working and studying up in DCU, and he was managing the um, DCU Sigerson team, and Conor Mortimer was playing for it. Um, and I remember Mickey Whelan who pulling me up and saying. The way I was talking about Conor Mortimer, I was using a couple of expletives, have never met the fella, but I just had bad opinions of him because of the boots and the, <laughs> and the flashy stuff, right? In the same way, I remember playing against you, Woolly. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just a sport and contact, right? And, and But Mickey, quite religious, quite spiritual, and says, that's not a nice way to be talking with people. I says, apologies, Mickey. It says, uh, Mickey says to me, have you ever even met the fella? I says, no, other than playing against him. And he says, well, you shouldn't be judging the fella um, unless you actually sit down and meet him. I says, you're right, Mickey, my apologies. But for me um, and, and for sports people, different things motivate different players. Yeah. And and um, say Mossy Quinn would be very analytical and he's always about getting better, improving each game. For me, my best games was, was when I had that healthy hatred of a guy. Um, and I used to make up reasons in my head to, 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 to dislike people. But for whatever reason... Um, rightly or wrongly, certainly more wrongly, to be honest, if you, if you were to look at real evidence, and unfairly so, um, there is a perception and, 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 and a spirit within the Dublin camp going back, maybe going back to, um, if you, I think it was the 2006 semi-final when Mayo warmed up down the end of the hill. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and that's where it kind of stems from. And there's, there's, there's been strong people involved from that 2006 team all the way up to where we are now. And, and and that 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 dislike has a healthy dislike a sporting dislike has um has kind of carried forward you know um, yeah maybe it maybe it's stemming from that two thousand and six yeah, yeah uh, you wouldn't know then you know so just ju- just just on those Kerry or just on those Dublin players who are going for eight All Ireland medals which is just phenomenal really and that's the record only five Kerry players have it Dennis Moran Paddy O'Shea Jer Power Mikey Sheehy and Pat Spillane, they're, they're on eight. They're in the eight club. There's been no one that has got more. So you have Stephen Cluxton, Michael Simons, James McCarthy, as we've mentioned, Philly McMahon, Kevin McManaman, and Keno Sullivan are also going for their eight All-Ireland, which is just phenomenal. And look, to be honest with you, if we're being honest, James McCarthy is practically guaranteed, injuries aside, of beating that record, whether Cluxton and Fitzsimons stay on. Although Fitzsimons wouldn't be that, wouldn't be that old. Fitzsimons is a dark horse there, actually, Connor, isn't mm-hmm. he? Like, I mean, I, I had, before Jer said Fitzsimons, I had Cluxton and McCarthy, you know, who had played in 2011. 
Yeah, I, I was Mick Fitzsimons kind of in and out of the team at the start. Like I, I don't think a few was, times. Yeah, yeah he, he wasn't as consistent a presence at the start. Let, let's say between maybe 2011 and 2013, certainly as Cluxton and McCarthy uh, would have been. But then since then, he's probably established himself as as definitely the best the best defender in the, in the Dublin full back line. So I, I I probably wouldn't have had him down 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 for that many as well. But like as you said there, I think by the end of their career, certainly McCarthy is looking at 10 plus anyway. Who knows what Brian Fenton will Brian Fenton even lose his championship game as long as he plays for Dublin? But it's a it's only when you kind of um, it's only kind of when you when you analyze and when you see it on paper how much it is that you realize what a ridiculous achievement it is. It's absolutely ridiculous. And Keno Sullivan did some media this week, and he says, "I honestly don't think about it when he's asked about the eight All Ireland medals. I honestly don't think about it. And even All Irelands and other accolades that have won in the past, they don't register because it's not what the team is trying to do." We're so involved in the team right now that your mind doesn't even go there. I think when you probably finish up playing um, in 10 or 20 years time and you're looking back over and watching old DVDs um, and you have your medals stored away somewhere, it'll probably hit home at that stage. Right now, no is the honest answer. Jer, is this a cliche or can you not appreciate what you've won while you're playing? Or are these fellas so professional now that they're so in the zone and so in, you know, focused that even to wonder about what a road this has been or whatever is just taking your mind off the job. So I, I was <clears throat> sorry. I was in my mother's yesterday with parents and brought the kids in uh, with the wife for a bit of dinner. It was our first time in the house with the kids since March the twelfth, and um, the few bits of one and I'm the fifth of nine kids, so a few other brothers and sisters in, in the sport, and they've won a few other things. And like all oh, mammies, they have the few bits up around the house. So my my younger sister, along with my mother, were trying to give me stuff to take back to put in my house. And if you walked into my uh, home in Port Marnock, Wally, uh, Connor, you struggle to think that uh, a footballer or a sportsman um, even lived in the house, right? And I don't know what it is, but I, I packed in Dublin in 2015, but I certainly do now appreciate... Um, and uh, obviously value is something that uh, you would always have, but I, 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 I guess I can enjoy them a bit on occasion. And if you're out for beer up the town or, or in the shops and up at Mass and a couple of old lads or whoever come up and start talking to you, you come away with, uh, you know, a bit of a good feeling that ah, I'm still half recognised, you know, and, uh, yeah. and it is a nice feeling. And uh, But you don't get too carried away, but... Like Joaquin is saying to you, like he's not spoofing. Um, when you're still playing, it's it's just so difficult to get away from the fact that, and certainly in Keane's case, having been an ever present and one of the best players that Dublin has, has ever had, um, uh, is is pushing to get into the team, and he's had his own injury channel, uh, injury uh, challenges rather. Keane is probably thinking training session to training session, and as he's driving home from from. Uh, from uh, Dublin train last Tuesday or the, or, or the AB game the weekend, gone, he's probably reflecting on moments in that training match that, feck, I should have done this or I could have done that. I hope I'm going to get in, pushing hard. And that's just the way you, you, you um, when you get to that level of uh, of uh, performance and and, uh, and output as a as a player, as a, as a top player rather, that you just, you've trained your mind in the same way that you trained your body and you train your muscles you actually train your mind in, in, in how it thinks. 
and you think like an elite person, an elite sports person, and that's what Kane's probably getting at there, you know. Yeah, no, that's probably it. And look, there's obviously another side of it, Connor, where he says Keno Sullivan in the week of an All Ireland final. If he starts saying, "Jesus, wouldn't the eight be great?" You know, I grew up watching Kerry. Suddenly, that's the headline that he doesn't want. Like, I'm all for being honest, but there's a time just to dismiss that question. And, and like Jerry said, he's probably probably is being honest. But even if you were, even if even if he that wasn't his honest answer, I would probably understand just giving that answer anyway. It's like, it's like straight out of the Dublin media playbook, I think, especially in the week. We used to catch them out with those questions back before Jared's time. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> but, yeah, but no, I just, just on, on that as well, like, I, I, I don't know, I, I, I think it's kind of an individual thing as well. Like, uh, like I, I'd say, like, it's part of the Dublin mindset to to have this attitude that the day that you're satisfied, the day that Keanu Sullivan starts reflecting on everything he's won, is the day he starts to come become complacent. And that's that's a bit of a danger. But then I look back on, let's say, if you look at like reading Bernard Brogan's book, like it, it seemed to me that he was determined to be a part of the five in a row, you know, come what may, even though his role in the team wasn't as big as what it used to be. And then you compare that to maybe, say, Paul Flynn, uh, who could have probably hung around, you know, and got a, and got a medal and been a part of the five in a row. But he decided... He wasn't contributing enough enough anymore. He he wasn't uh, he wasn't at his peak like he used to be. So he he decided to call it a day. So I think it's an individual thing. But I think the the the, the prevailing point in terms of this week is that Keanu Sullivan was never going to say anything else, but that he's only you know thinking of the next game and blah blah blah. Yeah, no, exactly. So who's this low build up going to suit, lads? Like I mean, I'm thinking it's going to suit Mayo. Um, less pressure on them. Um, you know, the their crowd gets very nervous. No offense, Connor, you know, and James Horn has admitted this can transmit to the players, but I'd say the players are feeling it anyways. Um, you know, on the flip side, Jer, you know, the Dublin crowd used to get on the Dublin teams back, but now if things are going against Dublin, they trust Dublin and they and they, they actually support them and get them back rather than, you know, that nervousness spreading throughout throughout the whole stadium. Yeah, and and like I think on the whole, like up until Dublin won uh, in All Ireland or won a couple, like some of the the um, Dublin fans were 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 absolute idiots, and um, the way they carried on, and and um, the and fairness Mayo were probably uh, a more affable bunch in terms of their love and support of the players, and um, the couple of uh, disappointments along the way, but but appreciative of the effort that the guys put in. Um, I, 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 I struggled with Dublin supporters in, in the early part of my career and um, one or two altercations and, and, and team nights out with fellas um, being, being, being loose with their tongue where they had no appreciation or understanding of um, what it takes and what we're trying to do and how hard we were working, you know. So, so I, th- I think from a, a fan base, I would say it would certainly suit, in the current context, it would suit uh, Mayo. Um, not to have the Mayo players rather not to have that 80, 83,000 people there um, I think it'll, 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 uh, it'll suit the underdog where um, the error or the unforced error isn't, isn't amplified by the sound um, coming behind you and um, that's something then that would certainly help the, the Mayo guys and, and just to, to, to go back briefly on the whole media thing um, and, and Connor mentioned there as well um, in terms of how Keane would be managed, and obviously he has to be because he's playing the all Keane O'Sullivan has to be managed because he's playing the all in final the weekend. The, the the example I was giving at the at the beginning of the of the show was um, there was no kind of media playbook, there was no strategy or structure around it. Um, before Pat Gilroy came in, it was a kind of a, a, a looser structure. 
but with the best will in the world, with with, with Pillar Caffrey and the management, um, what they were doing, they thought it was okay, but but it ends up not being okay. But I think with James Horn back in there as well, I think it's 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 it, it is quite tight uh, with the Mayo group. You don't hear a whole lot uh, coming from them um, from them outside of um, what the message is supposed to be coming out from the from the from the camp. You know. Yeah, maybe maybe that's it. Speaking of Pillar Caffrey, he was on Game On, I think it was last night, uh, Connor, and he's actually talking about less pressure on Dublin. And, you know, didn't really think about that because when I'm talking about less pressure, I'm thinking of the crowd there and the nervousness. But remember, Dublin were going for five in a row last year, and I know they didn't pretend or say that they were thinking about it or anything, but it's impo- probably impossible. Pillar said, they said the five in a row wasn't spoken about, but it had to be in the background of their every walking uh, moment. Could they create history? When uh, when they did it, it must have been a huge relief. And you hear Jack McCaffrey recently talking about the pressure he felt between the drawn game and the replay, and it seemed like almost unbearable um, for him. That's not there for Dublin this year. Yeah, well, the standout thing for me with that Willie, was um, was Jim Gavin's kind of reaction to um, to the five in a row last year. He just now maybe Jim Gavin knew. Now I know he didn't actually step down till till a couple of months after the final, till a while after the final, and maybe he knew in his heart of hearts that that was once he did the five in a row, that was it. But he was his demeanor was noticeably more relaxed last year after after the final compared to you know he. There's been a couple of finals when when Dublin have beaten Mayo, and you'd swear he just won an O'Byrne Cup game or something like that. You know his 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 demeanor hardly changed at all. And I think he was a lot more relaxed. And I think it, you know, it was kind of like a, a valve, a pressure valve had been released that, you know, while they'd been, they'd talked about how they, you know, they didn't think about the five in a row or anything like that. But it had, it had to get into people's heads. And I, I mentioned Bernard Brogan earlier on. He, he's, he's men- mentioned it throughout his book as well. So, so in that way, yes, I, I, there is less, pre- less pressure in Dublin in that regard. But I think, and I'm not just like, I, I am looking for any straws that I can clutch ahead of the weekend, but. I think that the low build-up will, or the the low pressure build-up will suit Mayo a bit more. I think that we have a lot of young players that are be playing in their first All Ireland final. And I think if they make some of the mistakes that they made against Tip in the first half, for example, uh, a groan from the crowd or something might get into their head. Whereas if if it's just going to be greeted with silence, I think I think that'll help too. And I think that there's been a couple of moments you referenced there uh, when when Andy Moran got the goal in the 2013 final. That the, the crowd started to get tense. The one, the big one for me is when Lee Keegan scored the goal in 2017. We were two points up, I think, with 10 minutes ago. It was uncharted territory for Mayo. And after the initial nervous, after initial euphoria of, of Keegan getting the goal, it was just this nervousness that engulfed the Mayo supporters. And I, 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 I can't speak for the players, but I'd say it couldn't help but affect them as well. Are we actually going to get over the line? So yeah. without, without all that. I, I would say it's um, the, the low pressure build up or low key build up will suit Mayo. But again, I, I have to stress that I am looking for any strong. Ah, no, no, I think I think you're right. I think it will suit Mayo. And like, I mean, there is an argument to be made that mentally Mayo haven't been able to get the job done, Ger, when that you know pressure comes on and Dublin have been because at that time, like the, the game is in the melting pot and it's happened too many times that Mayo haven't been able to seal the deal. And maybe that comes down to um, they're not as mentally strong as as Dublin. The pressure of the crowd gets them. And we know, Ger, a lot of the time, it's not always necessarily talent that separates a club player from an inter-county player. Inter-county players can deal with the whole the whole uh, build up to a huge day in Croke Park and they won't freeze. And then all Ireland winners go to another level and they're able to deal with, you know, all that pressure at the very, very highest level. You know, something I wouldn't have had experience of whether I would be able to deal with it. Like, I mean, Killian O'Connor was talking during the week saying um, about there no crowd being there. It probably takes a small bit of the pressure away. You, um, you still know how important every kick is, but it does 
make it seem like a club match. I won't say a training session, but it does feel more like a normal match than a big event in a vast stadium. Like, I mean, it, it's a fair bit of honesty out of him there, um, Jer. So, like, I mean, I'm thinking that definitely the low-key build-up, the no-crowd is just going to be another factor. I, I do think it will suit Mayo more than Dublin. I know, absolutely agree with uh, with both of you. And I, just, as Connor was chatting, a couple of things popped in my head um, around the crowd and how it will certainly uh, favour the underdog. Um, like Connor mentioned, if you make a mistake, there's not no, there's no massive groan uh, from the crowd behind you. Um, in the same way, if Mayo are ahead, that as Connor mentioned, that nervous excitement which 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 does take over the crowd and evidence will 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 tell us which, because of the results that um it has crept into the Mayo players and and, and they they made poor decisions and, and and weren't able to seal the deal and and, and win that all Ireland and break the glass ceiling and then the the, the third thing I was thinking of fully is, is uh the march behind the Arkane Boys Band yeah that's gone that's that's I've had it twice and it's one of the most amazing experiences and you actually have to practice doing the march and that's something we did under Pat Gilroy. We practiced doing the march <laughs> at the training camp. I'm not joking. And we lined up and one of the, one of the back room um, did, did uh, Michael D. It was a Michael D at the time. I'm not sure who was in maybe Mary, Mary McAleese. Um, I think it was Michael D in 2011. And, and, and we did a, a, a walkthrough and, and did the full march um, and uh, well, there was a bit of crack in the training pitch uh, the weekend before the All Ireland final. We we had practiced what we might think about. Um, we practiced what we would do if we negative thoughts are coming into your head. And there's actually a great snap of Jack McCaffrey, and and and, and I probably have similar ways of 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 thinking and living as a as Jack would in terms of persona. But Jack is smiling up at the crowd, happy out walking around, enjoying the experience. And then as soon as the All-Ireland uh, 30 um, hour on the vein begins, you're just into the zone and then off you go. And, um, and in fairness, the Mayo players have actually dealt with that quite well because they, you know, they have started well in numerous games. Um, when they get ahead is where, is where um, mm. they, they become unnerved and uh, unsettled. And, and that's something that uh, Kieran O'Connor is right. And uh, as, a, as a, now that we're pundits now, will we? And obviously, um, you're working the media. It's it's actually probably nice to hear some decent comments from 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 sports people. And I think Killian is right that Killian O'Connor there is far less pressure uh, there because there's no crowd there. You know. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think it is. A couple of stats here to finish up, lads, before we get in to talk about the game. Uh, Connor, this will get you um, all giddy. In Desi Farrell's first season over the Dublin Miners, they lost to Tipperary in the final. That was a, a late goal. And then in his first season with the under-21s, they lost to Longford in the Leicester Championship by a shock. And now this is his first season over the Dublin seniors, going for six in a row. Like, I mean, it's written in the stars here. You're talking about the force again, Willie. You <laughs> learned your lesson after the semi-finals, after tipping, tipping, cap, and then we saw what happened there. So, I actually I read a good one the other day, Willie. He said um, Mayo have yet to lose a final when David Coldrick was the referee, but he's never actually refereed a final involving Mayo. <laughs> we'll come back to fucking shows again. <laughs> and so, someone else said to me, Mayo have never lost an All Ireland in December during a pandemic. I listen, it's true. You <laughs> <laughs> must be reading John Casey's tweet. He's fond of a joke about the last time something happened been in 1951 so I just hope he's doing it again come you know half seven on uh, on Saturday evening yeah okay great stuff lads we'll get into the game next 
When your legs don't work like they used to before I was actually coming home on Saturday morning and I had the podcast on from Newbridge Southern 8 and that, that helps the journey to be honest if, I'm, if I've ran out of Ed Sheeran songs depends on mood I'm in Ed's good for uh, if you're in a sappy mood Ed's good to sing along to and then if you're in a GA head mood which I am probably most of the week then I turn these boys on Darling I will be loving you All right, lads, this one is on Saturday night at five o'clock. Like, I think we're going to do the review show on Sunday for anybody listening. What's the point in waiting until Monday? Um, it's on when it's on the Saturday night. James Horan was talking during the week, Connor, and he said, I think the way we play, we take calculated risks. Um, we think that's how we play best and our best chance of winning games. And that's what we'll do. You see a lot of teams that don't take risks and play it safe. I don't know if they have a chance of winning with that mindset. And I'm sure he's talking about, I don't think they have a chance of winning against Dublin with that mindset. And I suppose the big risk, calculated risk that Mayo take is not covering their full back line, their two-man full back line and committing that extra body to make sure that that press is as good as they can and they can put as much pressure as they can out the field. You know, like, I mean, when I think, when I see him saying that it's calculated risk, I immediately think, you know, like, I mean, you can, you can play a man back there and now you're kind of splitting men and you're, you know, you're, you're a man down and, and that press is not going to be as, as um, effective without that extra man. So you're not going to stop them and you're not going to turn them over high. And what was a two, six against Tipperary in that first half from high turnovers. I think that's the calculated risk James Horan is talking about. Yeah, I'd probably argue, Woody, that I'm not sure how calculated these risks are, to be honest, just <laughs> going on the evidence of what we saw against Tip and going on the evidence of what we've seen before. But but anyone like there's been, there's been a narrative in the, in the well, certainly in Mayo, I'm not sure is it, is it shared nationally, but in the build up to this final that like Mayo will have to change something, you know, Mayo will have to, as, it, as in change their approach and change their defensive mindset, even change their defensive setup. And my thinking on that is that you you haven't watched James Horan's teams play. Basically, he, he just doesn't do it. He doesn't do doesn't do sweepers. He doesn't do, you know, it's all about, I think you called it heavy metal football uh, in the review of the, in the tip game. And, and that's it. It's, it's committing to, it's committing to the press. It's committing to winning the ball high up the pitch and winning the ball in the middle of the pitch and taking your chances, um, you know, t- t- leaving loads of space in front of your full back line. If that's, if that's the way it's going to be, that's, that that's the way it's going to be. What I would say about that is that like, I, I just think, I just think there's there's been an element of naivety at, at times about about Mayo setup in that regard, and I I don't mean that you don't commit to that you don't commit to the press the way that Mayo have been, but I I think that that sometimes there's just an element an element of common sense about it. So, like I like I I remember going back to the Tyrone game for example in the league, and you know Mayo were playing into a gale force breeze, and they still left uh, two men. They left Derek Canavan and I think, I can't remember who else was inside for Tyrone and 60 yards of space in front of them. And like literally, like they made Conor McKenna look like a hero because he, he could kick a 60-yard kick pass into Derek Canavan. All Derek, Derek Canavan had to do was beat his man and score a goal. Whereas in that instance, I don't think that there necessarily has to be 12 men committed to. I think somebody in the half-back line or midfield could just have a bit of common sense about them and say, listen, we need to cover here. It's only one man. We can still be committed to the press. And the other thing about that, Willie, is in the tip game as well, there was loads of examples of Mayo defenders just sticking to their men 
uh, and as opposed to identifying the danger and com- com- covering the space. I think there was there was one goal in particular where Oshin Mullen could have cut across and just stayed with his man and just allowed the tip player just to, to run in and slot in an easy goal. So, so by all means, like Mayo have to continue with this kind of um, calculated risks approach, as James Horan says, and and I think. Like Jay, there's no doubt that James Horn will commit to that. I, I think teams coming up against Dublin say we have to do this and we have to, you know, take them on, and they don't end up doing it because they're not fully committed to that philosophy. Whereas James Horn is 100% committed to that philosophy, and he's willing to live with the consequences. I think it it will. I think it ha- is the way that he has to go. But there is, you know, there is potentially, it it could potentially go, you know, it could potentially go um go 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 bad for them. But I think it's the way that Mayo have to play, and it's the way they will play on Saturday. I think so too. Desi Fyle was talking during the week, Chair, and he says, um, I know there's been some speculation about the Mayo defence, but to be fair, I think they knew the game was in the bag. So we, this is a great line, so we won't be reading too much into any suspected frailties. Yeah, right, Desi. Like, I mean, pull the other one. Like, I mean, Mayo uh, conceded 10 goal chances to Tipperary and they conceded them both from long diagonal balls and they conceded them through running at them. So, that, like, I mean, there, there's some frailties there. And, Jer, let's be honest, if Dublin aren't working like dogs on potential frailties, they know that pro- they could get two on two inside. You know, they know that kick pass will be on like it wasn't on against Cavan or Westmead or whoever else they were playing. I'm sure for the, for the next two weeks, we won't see the conservative Dublin. You know, you, you know, the conservative Dublin that goes through the hands and they don't give anything away and they get inside it with... Like I think in some ways those games they've played so far this year are not good preparation for this game because this could be a completely different game with loads of kick passes on and Dublin will probably have to change their mindset a little bit in this two weeks. Um, I, I suppose the the again listen listen to the show last week after the the, the tip Mayo game and obviously having the Dublin game, you know Mayo's. I suppose um, Wayne uh, and the ease, I, I would have said, just watching it um, up until the point where they switched off. Um, I think it was nearly a, a, a poor reflection of, of the strength of the Munster Championship. And I know we're not talking about that uh, in particular, but Tipperary haven't played at Division 3 all year. Kerry team that got caught up in themselves and thought they were going to win. They should have won against Cork, a Cork team who just kept themselves in the game against Kerry, a Cork team that pretty much did the same thing against um, uh, Tipperary in the Munster final. Um, the only thing that was great about the Munster final was that first time that Tip won was it eighty five years or something like that. Mm. That uh, that they won, and um, but the amount of mistakes, unforced errors, forced errors in the Munster final. Um, Mayo just uh, capitalised on all of those uh, frailties, to use Desi's word, um, in the uh, in the All Ireland semi final. But where Mayo are frail is is when, and we mentioned briefly, when they do get a bit of a lead. Like all of those Mayo players, they, they would have expected to to uh, have bet uh, Tipperary. Um, was it was a Mayo bet tip in the semi final a few years ago as well? I think was it? Yeah, yeah. So 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 they would have expected to uh, have bet Tipperary, and um, but if 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 the Mayo players switch off um, to even a fraction or you know ten goal chances, if they f- switch off for two goal chances, and uh, sorry, leave Dublin two goal chances, Dublin would probably score one of them. At least you know Dublin are probably going to score 
one over every two, one over every three goal chances. Uh, but do you, do you think Dublin will kick a lot more into that two-man full forward line than they usually do? Because Dublin have kind of gone away from the kick pass in a lot of ways. And it's understandable because yeah. teams are dropping men, you know, back and the kick pass isn't on and they don't want to give away possession. But do you think that they'll go back towards more of a kicking game when that will actually be on more against Mayo? Yeah, I, 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 what, I, what, I, what I've enjoyed with watching Dublin this year is, is the, the, the change between Con O'Callaghan and, and, and Kieran Kilkenny and with Con coming out and obviously winning a couple of kickouts and uh, setting up a couple of plays um, on the 45, 50 metre line. I, I think Dublin have been even more direct this year, but they're only facing a decent opposition, in my opinion, uh, the weekend or on Saturday. This will be their first uh, decent challenge this year outside the National League. Um, and and what the Dublin players will do, will he, and, and it's not a, a loose answer or a poor answer, they will play it as they see it. If the space is in there, and I would worry for Mayo's full-back line, with, 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 um, whatever with Chris Barrett, a super guy, a super player, I, I'd worry with Lee Keegan back there. I think he's a, in a, he's, he's a half-back, wing-back, and, and, and that's where I would certainly play him. Um, I would be very worried as 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 a male supporter, um, with the two lads if they're back there and like Connor mentioned, you don't have a midfielder funneling back right. So where James Horn talks about taking calculated risks, if for argument's sake Dublin have the ball in the right corner back position from a short kick out, or they've turned the ball, uh, they've won the ball back. If the male wing forward or corner forward in the right corner forward position. He sees that there's an overlap that's going to happen here. They need to be sprinting back really, really quickly, or making that decision really, really quickly to try to generate that kind of plus one or maybe plus two um, in their full back line. If they don't do that, I think they're going to get destroyed um, in the full back line. And not because the full backs are poor players, but having played in there the odd time uh, in Crow Park. You know, if, can, if, if you have 40, 50 yards of space in front of you and you have a fella, whether he's Division 4 or Division 1, but he's athletic and fit, you know, the advantage is always to the forward uh, in that situation. And then yeah. you just look at Dublin forwards and how how, how, how strong and efficient those those players are. Um, like, if you look at what Con O'Connell did to Lee Keegan in... in, in which was that 2018, maybe, or, or 17? No, last night. La- or, sorry, last year. Last year, yeah. Max, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 like, 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 Khan is so cool and calculated, right? When you make an error as a goalkeeper or fullback, that error is, is incredibly amplified by your proximity to the goal. When you make that error in the half back line, Lee Keegan's ability and, and uh, athleticism. Let's him get back and help. You know he can he can recover a lot of the time, but when you're that close to goal and you're not an out and out full back because while the game has obviously evolved and we've attacking cornerbacks and everything else, and you've chatted about before in the show, flying cornerbacks, being a full back, it's it's a different different game. And anyone who's listened to the show who's who's played half back or midfield and was tried a couple of games full back. Like I remember Johnny Cooper got injured in a warm up in a league game in in um in in, in Crow Park against Tyrone and I got put back on Stephen O'Neill for the first half, right? I was I was as close to Stephen O'Neill as, as as humanly possibly. He scored four points off me um in the first half. 
oh, well, the, the player he was, all he needed was a half a yard. And I was like, this is an awful game to play as a fullback. I, I do not like playing Gaelic football as a fullback because it's a different sport. Oh, you're right. And, you're right. I've played I've played cornerback myself back yeah. about 20 years ago for Leash. I don't know how anyone in the fullback line actually enjoys playing Gaelic football. It's a desperate it's a desperate life altogether. But this I did. Some of them thrive on it. But Lee Keegan isn't yeah. one of them. And you're right. No. You're kind of after leading us into some matchups here, um, Connor. And that's like, I mean, Lee Keegan can't mark Con. Now, this can't be a situation where James Horan goes, look, I'm doubling down on it. You know, I'm, I'm, I was right and wants to be proved right. Lee, James Horan needs to say that didn't work. Lee Keegan is not smart enough in the fullback line for a player as tricky as Khan. And Lee Keegan has to mark Kieran Kilkenny, who Kieran Kilkenny is brilliant, but is not as light. He's not as light-footed as Khan and he doesn't have as good a turn as Khan. And you won't be tricked that Kieran Kilkenny's more powerful, you know, and Keegan's marked him before. And you'd, I'd say to Lee Keegan, if Kilkenny goes out, follow him. If he comes in, follow him. But under those circumstances, should Lee Keegan be marking Khan? And one of the issues with the Mayo matchups is you'd probably put Chris uh, Barrett onto Khan and then Khan goes out centre-back. What do Mayo do in that situation? Does Barrett just play centre-back? Like, the matchups that I see in the Mayo backline, suiting the Dublin forwards, drags their players out of position potentially a little bit. No, they definitely do. I Like, I, I still haven't made up my mind who I want to mark uh, Conor Callan for Mayo, but it's certainly not Lee Keegan. And that was only reinforced after, uh, for my sins, watching um, the 12-minute um, uh, sequence after halftime in, the, in last year's semi-final last night, where he just... He destroyed, like he absolutely destroyed him, and it showed up why Lee Keegan isn't isn't a isn't a cornerback or in the it shouldn't be in the full back line, especially when Con's second goal when he just stood him up, you know he just it, it took a solo dummy and Lee Keegan didn't it didn't even chase him back, you know if 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 Conor Callahan's shot was initially saved he would have had a free free pass on the rebound as well, and funnily enough the same thing happened against Michael Quinlivan in the first half of the semi final where Keegan lost the ball and he just stood up again and David Clark kind of got him out of jail so. I, I I agree. I think it's Keegan on Kilkenny. Um, now I think I think when like Keegan absolutely quieted him in the um seventeen final. I think I heard Andy Moore and say that Kieran Kilkenny got eight touches in that whole game, and Lee Keegan got a goal and could have got a penalty off Kieran Kilkenny as well. It completely kind of obliterated him. Now they've come on since. I think Kilkenny now, especially since the replay, the final replay last year, has become more of a direct attacking threat rather than somebody who's happy to kind of get loads of possessions and link things around the half forward line. He wants to be a scorer now. Um, so I think that's more of a danger to uh, to to Mayo than than Kilkenny might have been previously, but I think that I think Keegan on Kilkenny, and I think that I get what you're saying about Barrett on Con, but I think that I think that the Barrett will pick up whoever is going to be kind of closer to goal, and in that instance it might be Dean Rock, um, probably not as much of a goal threat as as Conor Callan would be, but I just think I think Porn will want to avoid that situation where Barrett is caught maybe having to go out centre back and what do we do then? So it's But then you're then you're leaving poor Oshin Mullen on Con. That's a mismatch too because he wouldn't be cute enough for him. Oshin Mullen or Stephen Cohen and like I, I I don't know what um like Jared knows Stephen Cohen well as well. I d I don't know what anyone thinks about the possibility of Stephen Cohen uh marking Con. It's just that um that that was that was that was the other potential option uh because and I'm only going on the fact that like Stephen Cohen is actually like I know he's playing six this year, but he's actually done a couple of decent man marking jobs before, including on Jim McConnelly, uh when when Lee Geegan got the black card in the sixteen final. 
And I, right, and he ma- he did very well in Colin O'Reardon. He was man marking O'Reardon the last. Very well, no O'Reardon, and like wh- how much this comes into it as well. And again, Gerald no more, but they know each other well from UCD. They played each other, are played with each other, uh, Sigerson for for a good while as well. So that that that's my only reason why I think that, especially where where Con has been si- positioning himself, which which is a lot around the forty. He's been an option for kickouts as well. So just with with with. With Ho- with James Hoare maybe thinking about not messing up the Mayo defensive shape too much, I think that might materialise. But but again, like I, I'm I'm back and forward, I'm back and forward all week on who's who's going to mark who, and I and because I am, I worry about that. Like I'm in years gone past, I think Mayo would have looked at the Dublin forwards, you know, and thought, right, we have a we have a man for him, you know, we we have six backs and we have a, we have a man for each Dublin forward. Whereas I'm not really sure about that, and I think that Dublin have the potential to mess with Mayo's heads a bit in terms of how they position their their various forwards. But right now I'm thinking, yeah, Keegan Uncle Kenny and maybe Stephen Cohen on, on Conor Callan. Right. I was going with Barrett on Con and I was going Cohen back on on Dean Rock and Lee Keegan playing centre back then yeah. probably on Kenny or following Kenny. But again, like one one two players that I wasn't given any man marking job was to McLaughlin and Durkin on the wings. That would be a big mistake because they're so good uh Jer going forward. Like I mean, and you've got Scully and you have whoever's going to be on the other on the other wing. Um, you know, probably Bugler. You know that's going to be a good battle, and Bugler and Scully will have it all to do to be curbing the influence of those two uh, wing backs. Yeah, they 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 they'll have their hands full there. Um, uh, but again, <clears throat> at the at the same time, the 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 Mayo defenders and and and, and I I think it's part of Paddy Durkin's game that he still has to improve greatly upon is 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 his actual actual ability to. To defend, um, I think he can, he can become just too too maybe fixated or caught up on on, on using his pace and, and uh, which he has in abundance and, and breaking the line and sometimes forcing the shot and um, I think there's an awful lot more improvements in 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 Paddy Durkin. But in terms of platforms for attack, the um, Mayo's half back line um, for the last again 10, 12 years and again I'd much rather see Lee Keegan in that half back line. Um, you know, a lot of what was good about Mayo over the years has come from their ability, uh, their wingbacks' abilities to to break the line. Um, I, I I go back to what Connor's talking about, uh, Stephen Cohn, right? Stephen Cohn won a fresh array All Ireland with UCD with Colin O'Riordan, um, before Colin went over to uh, to Australia, and he's obviously won uh, two Sigerson's then with uh, Conor Callaghan, so. I, 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 I would think that uh, they might put Cohn on 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 Con. Right. Um. I think it'll be a a a challenge, obviously for Stephen. Um. Uh, how talented Con is, but if I was a Stephen Cohn marking the likes of a Con O'Callaghan, in my head I'm saying if I can limit him to maybe two, three scores over seventy minutes, and if he wins a few balls in front of me, force him back. Well, then that's not a bad job done, and I think. Cohen did a great job on O'Riordan. I think he did uh, a great job on on the um, uh, Dermot Connolly in uh, when he came on. In the past, he's extremely fit and athletic and disciplined. And if you can stop, because I think a lot of what's good about Dublin in, in the forward unit, they obviously have a, a load of different moving parts. But I think Con Con is a huge part of uh, the Dublin forward line and 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 how they've been taken over this year. As yeah. um, as Kieran Kilkenny. Um, Lee Keegan, marking, I fully agree with you. I think Lee marking Kieran is probably something they'll do because of his past history, uh, Lee's past history in, in, in totally curbing um, Kieran's uh, influence. 
but you have mentioned it as well. Kieran has gone back to what he was known for coming out of minor was his directness, um, his, his uh, abilities to win ball, uh, to create a half a yard and get the shot off. He's actually gone back to that style of play the last couple of seasons. It's great to see. It's great to see as opposed to the left um, passing the ball lacquery the whole time, you know, which, which was uh, extremely uh, boring, you know. Yeah, it was for a couple of seasons. What about the other side then, Connor? Like, I mean, I have down here Davy Byrne versus Aidan O'Shea. Uh, Michael Fitzsimons is probably a banker to Mark uh, O'Connor, Keane O'Connor, and, or Killian O'Connor. And then you have uh, Johnny Cooper on Tommy Conroy. And in the halfback line, you probably have James McCarthy going to pick up uh, Dermot O'Connor, who, you know, that's always been a good battle between them. That's kind of how I see those matchups going. Yeah, I have the exact same ones as you, Willie, actually, because... Um... I suppose there's been maybe a question about what Dublin will do with uh, Aidan O'Shea. But like, the thing about Mayo's use of Aidan O'Shea so far is that he, they haven't really, since the Galway game in the league, he hasn't really been used as a as a direct ball option or a long ball option by Mayo. Uh, like, I think he got one point against Tip. He, he fist-passed it over the bar. But apart from that, it, like Aidan O'Shea's best work for Mayo has been as a kind of a how he leads the tackling in the in the full forward line, yeah. and actually linking. Uh, like he was, he, he showed some brilliant hands against Tip, especially for the. Killian O'Connor goal where he kind of shook off uh, the tip defender kind of coming in on goal. So I think that like Sean Kelly, like Sean Kelly uh, for Galway against uh, against Mayo was brilliant on Aidan O'Shea. He's probably Galway's best player, and he's not a man mountain by any stretch of the imagination. So I, I think they will go with uh, Davy Byrne on um, on Aidan O'Shea. I think Fitzsimons, as you said, is a banker. He's their best man marker. Um, Killian is Mayo's biggest scoring threat. I half thought they might put Owen Merchant on Tommy Conroy uh, because of pure like match like for like with pace. But I get what you like. Like Tommy Conroy probably hasn't been dogged by somebody like Johnny Cooper before, and in his first All Ireland final, and somebody uh, as experienced as Johnny Cooper, I think, uh, I think that I, th- I think they might go that way, especially with then you could free up Owen Merchant if he was to tag tag maybe Kevin McLaughlin, for example. There will be space for Owen Merchant at times to do what he did against Kevin and kind of you know filter back as a plus one in front of. Uh, in front of the Dublin full back line. So, and I, th- I think everything else you have there, maybe uh, James McCarthy on Jeremy O'Connor works as well. And I think, I, th- I don't think, I think John Small will work out, will go on Ryan O'Donoghue as well, because I think physically he's, 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 he's a lot stronger than Ryan O'Donoghue. Again, like just somebody with so much experience, probably thinking, you know, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to show, I'm going to show this lad what, what playing an all Ireland final against Dublin is about. So again, I, I, I just think, I think Dublin's matchups, uh, in the back line are far easier than are far yeah. easier kind of de- de- too determined than Mayo's are going to be on Saturday. And and you can see you can you'd actually see how you know they're good matchups for Dublin. One thing that's important for Mayo, Jer, is that you know there's obviously a perception out there that this Dublin full back line could potentially be got at with long you know with good diagonal balls from in around a half forward line, you know, good ones. Um, what Dublin are very good at is, you know, if if a long ball goes into Aidan O'Shea, whoever's playing the sweeper is in on top of it. And not just him, it's another halfback might be in on top of it as well. And they're good at getting in there when they see the ball going over their head. The one thing that other teams do to play into their hands is that they don't have a half forward line. So not only Dublin won't bring a forward back to sweep, that's out of the question. So Dublin always have a halfback free to sweep. You know, because the other team is worried about dropping men back. And not only will they have probably a centre half back to sweep, they might even have one of the wing backs. And especially if they're a little bit worried about O'Shea, they're definitely not going to follow on. They're going to hold. So if the ball goes over their head, they're doubling back and they're bottling up O'Shea. So what Mayo absolutely have to do, you cannot have a kick pass game 
without having your half forwards engage the Dublin half back line. You know what I mean? It's impossible otherwise. You won't get the one on ones, chair. No, um, like I agree with everything you, you you've kind of said there. Like I, I think that, you know, and Owen Merchant has has done it quite well. Uh, in, in 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 kind of tucking in on a, they've been freeing him up, yeah, yeah, and 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 um, the, those few matchups you mentioned, I think um, I, I would agree with them too. Um, if Aiden O'Shea is causing a bit of bother in there, I think you could see Philly McMahon come on quick enough because Philly has, has 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 managed to deal with uh, with Aiden on uh, a couple of occasions, and um, he he might be able to uh, put a hold on, on uh, put a hold on Aiden um, if if he is getting a bit of joy. I, I for me, William Connor, Mayo's Mayo's uh, the the most important thing for for Mayo is to get the press right up front when they don't have the ball. Um, was it maybe to go to two sixty score against Tip from turning them over further up the field? If Mayo's forwards can get that right and apply a level of pressure that they did apply against Tipperary and the previous games, um. It'll be one of the first times, well, it will be probably the first time this year, this season, 2020, where Dublin defenders have actually have had to think about moving the ball or what they're going to do with it when they're coming out of their own defence. And they just haven't had to think that way because most teams tend to drop off against Dublin or the Dublin defender breaks uh, breaks the, the initial tackle. But yeah. I I would I would say that Mayo's forwards their ability to tackle has improved greatly. Um, like it's obviously something they they're being coached on, um, and they're working on because they're not they're staying in the game. If you get me, they're 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 not doing the usual full forward throwing your hands up in the air trying to get the intercepts. Um, they're 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 putting a hand in the air, but they're keeping an athletic position in case the ball isn't passed, so they can move with the. With the opposition defender and and they're staying gold side, and and that's something that I think Mayo's forwards are doing particularly well. If Mayo, that's their for me, that's their best chance of of um of causing an upset, uh, for Dublin in turning them over, where the where Dublin defence will be a bit more um unsettled because of the nature to turn over and the fact that they won't be used to being turned over. I think Mayo coming out with the ball, whatever way they want to play it. Engaging and engaging half forward line for Mayo, diagonal balls in. I think Dublin are going to deal with it. I think Mayo's best chance is is a uh, is forcing the turnovers up the field and just to throw in quickly and and and, and correct me now if I'm wrong, but like I think the Dublin full backs um, they sometimes get a, a, a um, not so much a hard doing, but 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 it is noted, it is spoken about that this is one of Dublin's weakest lines. Um, I would disagree. I think people, you have to contextualise the position of the field. And I mentioned it briefly that as a defender and a full back in particular and a keeper, you know, any sort of slip could be a goal. Any misreading of the ball could be a goal. Um, any foul, it's a free or it's a penal. There's no other part in the pitch in Gaelic football where those mistakes will result in a potential goal um, or a penalty. And that's something that I think we should probably have a mind. Um, I'm advocating for the full back line ever done, but mm-hmm. I actually think uh, Bar Johnny got caught out um, against Clifford the first day a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, um, other than that, I think I think the, the full back line, whoever's been in there, have, have performed particularly well. 
Yeah, they usually have against Angerman. Andy Moran has got some joy um, off them in there. Obviously, Kerry, Kerry have as well. The conundrum for a half forward line, Connor, always against Dublin is, and it'll be Kevin McLaughlin, it'll be Dermot O'Connor on the two wings, and it'll be either Ryan O'Donoghue or Mark Moran in centre half forward. This is their conundrum. Do I drop back? Now, obviously, there's going to be stages where Kevin McLaughlin and Dermot O'Connor in particular are going to have to chase uh, McDade and whoever, James McCarthy, back because they'll they'll take it upon themselves to join the attack. That's fine. It's the times where Kevin McLaughlin, Dermot O'Connor and Reiner Dunhoo are choosing to go back themselves, which so many teams do. You know, two of the three Dublin defenders won't follow them. And now... Even if these hard-working half-forwards, even if they go back and do the job that they're supposed to do and to turn over the ball, you look up the field and what do you see? Two half-backs covering your three full four. Do you get me? Like, I mean, it is a conundrum with Dublin because your natural instinct is to say, we need extra bodies back here. They're too good up front. But you're ruining your chance of, of a counter-attack or a kick-passing counter-attack. And to be honest, to be, to outpoint Dublin, it's almost like outpointing Limerick in hurling. And a lot of teams in Limerick and Hurling are falling into playing the sweeper. And I think it's counterproductive. The underdog on a given day, it may be one out of 10 could beat the favourite, you know. And what will they beat them with? They'll probably beat them with a scoreline of 3-9 to 15 points. You know what I mean? Or 16 points, something like that. The way teams set up against Dublin, they actually can't beat them. No, I agree. I agree. And what, what Mayo do uh, what Mayo do the next day, especially in terms of their half-hour line, I think will will depend a lot, uh, Willie. I think it'll depend a lot about the platform that Mayo can get from their own kickout. So, like, yeah. uh, you know, like it's 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 not exactly uh, new original to suggest that like Mayo have had you know a lot of problems on their kickouts coming into this game. So I think that whatever strategy they come up with, it will probably involve flooding bodies around. You know, especially if they go long, and Dublin would be mad if they don't press on the David Clark's kickouts given what they've seen to date. So I think that Mayo will have to flood a lot around a lot of bodies around. Um, wherever Clark's kickouts go to, and they're not—he's not the longest kicker in the world. We know all that too. So I think that that's going to have to. Kevin Kevin Glockton and Jeremy O'Connor are going to be have to be heavily involved in trying to win breaking ball at times without sacrificing the need because it's it's all well and good to be winning breaking ball, and then you look up and you have you know oceans of space, but filled by two two Dublin defenders who drop back in to to fill the space in front of the full forward line. So I think uh, listen, I think the Mayor are going to be more aggressive on that than. Than other teams have been like I agree is in like that um, the way that the way that a lot of teams are set up against Dublin they just they just don't give themselves the, the chance and worse they give Dublin the platform to play that patient football that they're brilliant at because they're just surrendering an extra man around the middle of the pitch basically so yeah. um, how how Mayo get like how Mayo go about that I'm sure it's been the, probably the sole focus of of uh, of James Horton's attention for the last couple of weeks but again I just think. It's all. It, it, it's going to usually come back to the platform that Mayo can get out of their own kickouts because obviously if they're struggling there, you know Kevin McLaughlin and Jeremy O'Connor will think that they're, they're going to have to try and come back and win some ball too. So, um, just I, I just hope that that like that Mayo will still have an outlet and what, like Ryan O'Donnell who's been brilliant this year. I think that a big loss probably has been mentioned a lot this year has been uh, has been Jason Doherty who's been brilliant at holding that line for. For, for Mayo in the past so listen hopefully uh, Mayo get enough platform out of their own kickouts that they can still retain that option around the half forward line because he said it's going to be crucial if they are going to give themselves a chance well that's the thing Jaron. you know from playing in the half back line um, like I've played in the half back line and in the half forward line so like I mean half forwards usually get in for the breaks the half back is a little bit more conservative like I mean he's not going to rush in like a fool and, and get caught behind him so it's often the half forwards on both teams that are descending in on that breaking ball. 
yeah, there's less risk uh, involved for the for the for the wing forwards uh, to or the half forward to tuck in and uh, and to try to to try to win that break. Um, but uh, as a centre back, yeah, you're 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 always conscious of uh, of holding the middle and not conceding um, uh, in case the unexpected happens. Um, I, I again, I know we're talking about how how maybe Mayo might break Dublin down. Um, What's the the Cavan centre back? What, what was his name again? I'm trying to think of his name. Clark. Clark. Like, like Clark was a great example of somebody who was driving on and trying to turn. Oh no, not Killian Clark. Brady, Brady. the centre back who played well in the first half. Yeah, yeah, Kieran Brady. Kieran Brady. So, so, so what? What? what um, what he was doing for Cavan is something that um Dublin were new to experiencing, where you actually had somebody who was trying to stand up uh, the Dublin um. Uh, opponents and, and and turn the Dublin player to face uh, to make him defend running towards his own goal, and in the early stages uh, of the game where Cavan were a bit fresher, they had a couple of runners off and 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 they looked like something might open up here. Mayo are far more conditions, um, uh, far more athletic, and 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 if they can add numbers to their attack, if their two wing backs have if, if Mayo's two wing forwards have thrown back uh, sorry have worked back they've thrown the ball over if they can break in numbers like that and uh, and force the Dublin player to, to 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 be defending running towards his own goal um, they'll actually cause a bit of bother but unless they take that chance um, again it's hard to it's hard to see how how Mayo might be able to um, um, gain the victory yeah, well, that, that that's the thing. Like, it it is hard. But you you mentioned the kickouts, Connor, and we'll finish up on this uh, talking point. Is Dublin are going to press Clark? Clark's short kickout is desperate. Clark has to go long. Fenton's too good in the air. You know, like I mean, there's a lot of things at the the, the area of the field that Dublin have the biggest advantage is from kickouts. Both with a stronger midfield in the air, uh, more physicality, and with a goalkeeper that has a ten times better kickout than than Clark. So like I mean what Mayo do here is very, very difficult. Like Clark simply has to go along. He can't go messing with the short ones. He's not good at them. And Dublin are going to zonally press and gonna gonna make it so hard for Mayo. He has to go long. Now what do they do when he goes long? Like we said, they are very good at committing bodies to breaking it the breaking ball area. Like I mean you see a lot of them. You even see their full forward line running out to get towards that area. That's really all that's really all they can do. But then I suppose, like you say, if they've all done that, when they win it, wh- wh- who's around? Do you know what I mean? They've been dragged completely out of position to try and get bodies to that breaking ball area. It's, it, I can see Mayo matching Dublin in a lot of areas. This is the area where, you know, like, I mean, if you can't win primary possession, you know, you're in, you're, you know, or, or, or win kickouts just as easily as Dublin do. Like, it's not a, it's not a worry for Dublin. Like, I mean, whereas Mayo will be scratching their heads almost on every kickout. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just like I was just looking uh, again, Wally. There's um, don't foul, uh, don't foul on Twitter. Did a great analysis of, of kind of kickouts during the week as well. And like when when Mayo have gone past the forty five so far this year, their their return is just over fifty percent, and they've actually conceded more um, from that from that return than they've scored from you know winning the kickouts outside the forty five and past the forty five. I mean that's that that's not just long kickouts. We, like David Clark is kicking from the twenty meters. These are kickouts that are any longer. Uh, 20 meters on these are any kickouts that are longer than 25 meters one of the things that really annoyed me in the semi-final the second half of the semi-final against tip 
was these floated balls to just beyond the 45 to stationary Mayo men that were standing still and allowing, asking the likes of Colin Reardon and a few tip fellas to attack and then just opening up the platform to, to for tip to, to attack direct directly down the middle. So yeah. we all haven't learned from that. I mean, we're, you know, it's, it's, we haven't hope on, we haven't hope on Saturday. It's just, again, when you say you have to go along, I think that it's, it's a fairly simple tactic. It's, it's been practiced by a few teams in the last few years, but it's just this thing of, maybe overloading one side and just committing as many you know men to the press as possible and Mayo had that's that's what Mayo have done it and that, that's what Mayo have done quite well um but but again it's 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 like it's trying to it's trying to keep it away from Brian Fenton at the same time which is which is which is easier said than done so I, I like I, I like I, I don't know like what, what Mayo have been doing so far has been really high wire stuff um really loopy kind of kickouts one like that 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 really been hard to win so, like, I, I don't know unless Mayo have had a, a you know a plan under their you know under their hat for, for specifically for Dublin all year. It's a, it's a huge concern, and if I was Dublin, the first thing I'd be doing is watching the first fifteen minutes of the second half of the semi final uh, this uh, uh, last year and doing the exact same thing, pressing as high as possible. It was Robbie Henley that was in goals last year, but the tactic was still the same: just absolutely pressurized, uh, pressurized Mayo as high up the pitch and kind of try to squeeze the life out, out of them up there. So. Um, it's it's my biggest concern. I just I really hope that um, they may have something different, or even that they they just have worked on that plan of committing bodies to the breaking ball, because otherwise we're 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 going to be toast. The the, the big thing here, Jer, obviously for Mayo is don't foul, because if you foul, number one, it's going to be Dean Rock free, which is almost a guarantee in a big game, and. Not only that is that the Dublin will have time to have their zone up in place. So not only are you conceding a point, you're looking out at the Dublin zone and there's a very good chance it could be two points in a row, which is absolutely demoralising. Obviously, it's worse when Dublin have a crowd in there and now you're fighting the, the, the atmosphere and two in a row. So if you can avoid you know, kickable free kicks when Dublin can move up and get themselves into pressure, if Dublin want to kick a point from play, Almost, you don't let them, but the one thing you do is don't foul them because if Dublin kicked a point from play, the game is a bit scattered and Clark can run out and he's not bad at doing that in fairness. He's out very quick, ball down, it's away. You know, rather than a stupid foul and a stupid foul means a point and a stupid foul means, oh shit, what are we going to do off the next kick out? It's, uh, the Mayo backs will have to have a few extra GPSs in their, in their socks, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, a bit of a tangent. Did, did anyone? I I think um, McEntee ran on and gave Lee Keegan um, that GPS. Did, did anyone ever watch that back? No. Or, no. Yeah. No, no, Didn't drop the kickouts. All right, but I didn't hear, hear that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, um, I'm meandering. But the the what you say there is is absolutely correct, Woody. It's something we would have worked on and spoken about. Um, when it was evolved, where was the, the, the opportunity to set your press when it was a free kick? Because, like you say, uh, the game slows down a bit. You're plus one that you might have been holding at the back or half back line can uh, push a midfielder up or push a wing forward up. And everyone knows what they're doing um, when the free kick is taken. And what you see with Dean Rock a lot of the time, even if he's taking 45 and the ball goes over the bar or he's taking a free kick and it's further out the pitch, you know, he's not always running back into the corner forward, the full forward position. He, he might hold the forward, the centre forward, or wing forward, and all the other Dublin players know what they're doing. But I think Clark's greatest strength is, is um, and I actually played the year, Sigurdsson with uh, Clark as well, Minute. 
So his uh, his ability to well certainly as a shot stopper he's excellent, but on the uh, kick out point he he he's much better and much more effective with a very very quick ball getting it down on the tee and getting it moving very very quickly. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's quite good at that. Yeah, he's good at that. So, so I, I, I would imagine that uh, Stephen Cohn would be nearly leading the charges there, chatting to the defenders that we're going to go for four or five scoreable frees over the um, course of the seventy odd minutes, and if we can lim- limit the rock or whoever, the four or five scoreable frees, well then we're doing okay. But what tends to happen with um, uh, not just with Dublin. But in 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 Gaelic football, it's 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 the midfielder or the wing forward sometimes tracking back, and he's had to run in fifty sixty yards, and he's had to get a bit tired and lazy, and he throws a shoot a stupid arm over the shoulder, which results in in a in a soft free. So if if if, if Mayo can limit um the rock that way, I think they'll uh, uh, give themselves another opportunity to still be in the game. You know. Okay, Connor. We'll finish up with predictions. What are you going for? The handicap here is six, which we always have to mention for Dublin matches. Is it Dublin versus the handicap? Or are you daring to dream? <laughs> um, daring to dream, I suppose, Willie. Like, I mean, like Kevin McStay had a good column during the week, and he said that um, the process the Mayo supporters go through. He's like, you rationalise an argument the Mayo won't minute, and then by Friday you've convinced yourself that they don't. <laughs> I think I got to that stage by Monday or Tuesday, to be honest. Listen, all, all the evidence points to a relatively comfortable win for Dublin, like in the region of six points, which I think is the handicap. That's what my head says, uh, my heart. And for the good of my own sanity for the next two days, to be honest, said the Mayo will run the mighty close. And and to, to go back to the force, Willie maybe will come into play again and, and say that this year of all years will get over the line. So uh, head, Dublin, heart, by all means, Mayo. Right, OK. What about you, Jerry? Yeah, um, there, there was a fella, Wally and Connor, from Bally Harness on, on the radio on Monday morning, and they were talking about the uh, the national broadband rollout plan. And I can't think of your man's name, but he, he provides um, machinery for agribusiness. And he was talking about how his internet, they're only three miles outside of Bally Harness, and the internet is forever failing, and they're losing out on international business because they service a lot of machines overseas from uh, the base in Bally Harness. So anyway, after a heated discussion on broadband and the national photo plan and the man waiting five years to get the broadband, he was asked about the All-Ireland final the weekend and um, he was asked, how do you think the game will go? And the Mayo man from Bally Harness says, I've, I, I have a better chance of getting the broadband into the business. From the- <laughs> weekend. So, so that's my prediction, really. <laughs> well look I'm I I don't know what I don't know what to say about this game lads because that handicap is under a lot of pressure and this could be a 10 point win for Dublin. I also think that you know if you're going off last last year's game there wasn't much in it outside of that 12 minutes. I know that might sound like a stupid thing to say but but there wasn't too much. Paul Mannion scored five from play. He's gone. Like and he doesn't even look like he's any confidence. You have um, Brian Howard starting last year we don't know if he's going to start he, you know he probably will Michael Darren McCauley was playing last year Mayo are a lot fresher um, you know they have a lot more pace there's no Jack McCaffrey from last year Paddy Durkin was sacrificed last year to be marking uh, Jack McCaffrey you know we could see more of him McLaughlin is a much better option attacking like you know Aidan O'Shea if they get the right supply of ball into him and they don't let Dublin swallow him up they could potentially get goals no crowd. I'm a bit. I don't know. Am I a little bit like uh, Connor, where you think you, you think Dublin are 
could e- Dublin could easily hammer Mayo, but I think if Mayo stick in with them in the last ten minutes without the crowd, you you know you could make a case for Mayo potentially uh, doing the impossible. I don't know, right? Dublin will beat the handicap, is basically. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's just wishful. I mean, I don't know, Connor. Like, I mean, I'll ask you because Jer is just ruthless with stuff like this. He couldn't give a shit about Mayo, but I I I, I care about Mayo. Um, to a certain point, uh, and while I wouldn't, you know, be changing my mind like a Mayo supporter, I find myself wrestling with, geez, could they, could they do it? And making up reasons why they could. Well, I think everybody, to, to a certain degree, is like that Mayo supporter that Kevin McSave was referring to, because they just, with all due respect to Dublin, just people are kind of sick of seeing them win, so they want, they want no more than we do, you know, to, to come up with a romantic reason of Mayo, why Mayo might, might do it, but... If if I'm honest about it, but it's all it's probably romantic reasons that I'm putting down for the fact that Mayo. Yeah, me too. Me too. So if, yeah. If, if, wish it's, if it's cold and rational, I mean, it's Dublin all day. But like, listen, in in this year of all years, we have to dare to dream. So I'm certainly going to do that ahead of Saturday. Exactly, and you've never lost in All Ireland in December um, during a pandemic. So we leave it there, lads. That's it. We'll be back on Monday, and we'll review. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday, actually. So keep your eye out there. We'll do a Sunday show for the for for the first time. We'll talk to you all then. Good luck. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a f***ing shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing houses for f***ing years. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.